Hello and welcome to this episode of We the People, the organization that aims to unite and revolutionize political communication. Today's episode is called Three Generations on 9-11. We're going to interview three people, each from a different generation. Each will tell of how the attacks of 9-11 manifested in his or her life. We want to know how the legacy of extremist violence has shaped this country and continues to do so in the eyes of its residents, to gather a variety of perspectives, to elevate each other's voices, and to better understand people's thoughts on one of contemporary America's most formative events. But first, some history. On September 11, 2001, 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda hijacked four airplanes and carried out suicide attacks. They flew two planes into the World Trade Center in New York City, one plane into the Pentagon just outside of DC, and the last into a field in Pennsylvania. As a result of these attacks, almost 3,000 people were killed. 9-11 sparked significant U.S. efforts to fight terrorism. profoundly changed the American landscape in different ways for different people. Please keep in mind that we are not claiming that the three individuals we are interviewing today are the only ones whose voices deserve to be heard. These are simply three people from three different generations who have thoughts on the topic and are here to share them. Let's hear from our first guest. Born in 1927, Marcella Channon was 74 years old on 9-11. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Marcella recalls the day of the 9-11 attacks. Ms. Channon, can you tell me what happened to you on the day of the attacks? Yes, I can. I was on my way to go into the city. I had a class, and I was kind of late. And uh, so someone called me, someone in the family called me and said, turn on the television. And I said, I have to go into the city. I'm, I'm very late. I left. I got on the train. And when I got to the city, one of the stations, I think it was uh, Chambers Street. It was one of the, it was just in the city. The train stopped. Everybody had to get off. It had happened. And when I got out, there were ashes. It was it was terrible, and nobody really knew what had happened. And I tried. I I couldn't go to school. I mean, there was no question of that. And the the streets were busy, and noise, and fire people, and all the first responders were coming there, and there were ashes all over, flying all over. You were these white ashes. And uh, I had no idea what happened. Nobody knew what happened. But we saw that there was smoke. We saw, and I didn't know where to go. I had no idea that nothing was running. I stayed in the city for hours. I think I marched around for about five hours. You weren't allowed. I figured I'd walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. You couldn't go on the bridges. There was no transportation. And for hours I walked. It end. It ended up probably about four or five o'clock. I was still looking for a way out, and uh, there was some. I got home. I got. 
I got partially home with some car, some just a, a, a someone's car. I, I couldn't take a taxi. I couldn't take anything. And it was a horrible experience, and horrible. By that time, we knew that something horrible had happened. How did the attacks change how you thought about the U.S. and the world? Well, I was really frightened. I had no idea what was going to happen. And the world had gotten smaller and more dangerous because what had happened was something that nobody, nobody expected. It was an attack out of the blue. And that's exactly how I felt. We are in, a, in great danger and nobody, nobody knew what was going to happen next or what they were going to do. And there was really chaos <laughs> regarding the entire subject. And that's really what did happen. The world got more dangerous and smaller. Now we'll talk to our second guest, Clifford Channon, who's the Executive Vice President and Deputy Director for Museum Programs at the 9-11 Memorial Museum, where he oversees the museum's exhibitions, collections, and public programs. Mr. Channon is also the founder of The Legacy Project, a nonprofit organization dedicated to understanding the enduring consequences of traumatic violence in societies around the world. Mr. Channon, what did you think when you first heard about the 9-11 attacks? Well, I remember very well um, the circumstances of how I thought about it, and of course the event that morning, everybody who was sort of up and about that morning would remember. Um, I remember listening to the radio and getting ready to leave my house, and the reporting that I was hearing was of, a, um, a small plane having hit the World Trade Center. And uh, there was some talk about that, and I don't think they made the connection between the damage to the building as uh, serious as it was and whether or not a small plane could do that. But in any case, that's what they were talking about. And I wound up um, in a car going to drive from Brooklyn into Manhattan across the Brooklyn Bridge because, again, it wasn't... It wasn't um, at least as I was hearing about it, thought to be um, that serious. And so I wasn't really looking, and the Brooklyn Bridge, just as I was about to go across, was closed. The police car pulled in front of it and blocked it. And uh, I remember just the way the streets are aligned there. There's a whole group of people actually standing on the street looking across uh, because you could see the towers from that point. And what I remember is I was looking ahead because I was driving, but stopped at a red light. I remember hearing this gasp or shriek from the people watching because that was the moment that the second plane hit. So the second plane hitting made it very clear to me that this was, of course, not an accident, that this was deliberate. And since I had spent most of the previous 10 years, um, sort of studying and meeting people who were involved with uh, some of the uh, Islamist identity politics across the Muslim world. My job had me traveling to some of these places and meeting some of these people. Uh, my first thought was that this was actually an attack that was coming out 
primarily or exclusively on al-Qaeda, but it was something that, in my thinking, I identified very quickly with the source of that attack. How do you think the U.S. has changed as a result of 9-11? So the way the U.S. has changed, I think, is significant in many ways, but I'm not sure we know fully how the U.S. has changed because the attack itself was this major, major blow. It was completely unanticipated. It exposed a vulnerability that I'm not even sure we were aware that we had. And that vulnerability was exploited by people who had at least given some study to how our country operates, and they recognized flaws in the way we operate that they could exploit. For example, the fact that they sent some of the terrorists over here to learn how to fly planes in American uh, aviation schools. And so, you know, that was a vulnerability that exposed us. Um, We certainly have been at war since 9-11, and the wars continue. And, of course, in earlier years, they were much more active with far more troops than they are today. But we are still overseas fighting uh, groups that are related to this core idea that led to the 9-11 attack. And so um, that's a sacrifice and a set of circumstances that the country is dealing with every day. Not everybody is involved in military service, so it doesn't hit necessarily families everywhere, but where it does hit, it can hit very, very hard. The other thing is, we've certainly recalculated um, what measures we think we need to take to keep ourselves safe. So at a most basic, almost, I would say, benign level, you have the example of airport security and taking off your shoes and not having uh, large amounts of liquids in your carry-ons. And these are things that are a direct result of 9-11, and not just 9-11, but subsequent attacks that did not succeed, fortunately, but that were continuing to probe the weaknesses of aviation security. So those are all things that we see at a very practical level in terms of uh, what goes on now because of 9-11. But at a larger uh, uh, scale, you know, the country is absolutely still wrestling with changes in uh, its perception of civil liberties, the balance of that versus security. That's an ongoing debate, and the courts have been very active in that debate, to some degree defending core principles, to another degree allowing um, new uh, extensions of security measures to be taken in spite of some people's civil liberty concerns. So... This is ongoing. Mr. Channon says that he doesn't know what the post-9-11 America looks like. We are still responding, he says, through political upsets, presidential promises, and other ways. 9-11 did not end on 9-11, says Mr. Channon. Finally, we'll talk to me, the third generation. I was born in 2001, so I and others my age grew up in a world directly shaped by 9-11. We've never encountered pre-9-11 America. The impact of September 11th, 2001 does not only manifest in the fact that we must remove our shoes and airport security lines and participate in body scans. To me, this country is wary, fearful, 
and I don't know anything else. And that's dangerous. My lifetime has seen the rise of Islamophobia in America and around the world, and the simultaneous formation of ISIS. Turmoil characterizes our universe. Most people are quick to recall where they were on that fateful day whenever the topic arises, but for people my age, all we can say is that we were a few months old, teething and sucking on pacifiers. We are the post 9-11 generation. Our existences are defined by an event we can only feel. Where do we go from here? Thank you for listening to this episode of We the People, Three Generations on 9-11. If you want to learn more about our organization or share your thoughts, you can find us on Facebook at We the People and on Instagram at We the People US. Until next time.